pray for us, Norma. Morning, Father. Thank you so much for our new day, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity that we have, the privilege that we can come together and worship you, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us today, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will strengthen us physically, mentally, and spiritually, Father God, and that we will be attentive to the Holy Spirit, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Father God, speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Even if they put me in the fire, even if they hang me by my neck, still I won't let my voice grow quiet. I will sing your praises till the end, cause I got your love shut up in my bones. I will bless them who throw stones. I know that I am not alone. Father, with you I have my home. So even if they put me in the fire, even if they hang me by my neck, still I won't let my voice grow quiet. I will sing your praises till the end, cause I got your love shut up in my bones. I will bless them with your stones. I know that I am not a
Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, God, for this day. We thank you, Father, that we're able to gather, Lord, and open your word. And Father, to just to be at your feet, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our, our comforter, our teacher. We thank you that your word says that it's the truth that will set us free. Pray for our hearts today, God, that they would be of good soil to receive, Father. That we would not only be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of the word. We pray for the needs among us, Lord. For provision, for healing, for strength, for mental clarity and discernment. We pray, O oh God, to have a greater love for Jesus. Father, that you would increase our faith. God, that we would walk humbly. That we would serve and love others. That we would know that in Christ we are new creations. And we thank you, Father, that what you have begun in us, Lord, that you are faithful to complete. So as we open up your word, Father, I pray, God, that you would bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, good morning. Psalm 34, verse 14 is our scripture for the year. Hopefully you know it by now. If not, you're learning it. It's very short. This verse reminds us to turn from evil and do what? Do good. To do good. To search for peace and work hard to maintain it. So to turn from evil and to do good, to work for peace, to search for peace, and work to maintain it. How are we doing with that? In and of ourselves, we wouldn't do well with it. We know that the flesh craves what it craves and does what it does. But the hope that we have in Christ is the word of God says that he's given us everything we need to live a godly life. That we are not to walk by the flesh, but we're to walk by the spirit. In Christ, we are whole. In Christ, we have all that we need to live this life, this abundant life that he says he's come to give. Because we recognize it's the enemy that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life and abundance. Jesus, you all. Easter is just a few weeks away. And I want to encourage you to, to take this time leading up to Easter to, to, to focus on the cross. Like, can we really grasp the understanding of the cross? I want you to think about this. Apart from Christ, if you're living out of your sinful nature, out of your flesh, we're all born into it. We're born into sin. We're nothing but sinners. And we deserve God's wrath. Because we're in rebellion towards his kingdom. 
God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, we are no longer children of wrath. <laughs> because of what Jesus did on the cross, the victory that was obtained through the power of the resurrection, sin and death are defeated. The hope that is in Christ, that now we are children of God, we're not experiencing his wrath. No, we're experiencing the fullness of his love. And we're maturing in it and we should be growing in it. We should be seeking him because we are new creations. Remember, we understand the concept of being born again. It doesn't mean that you will not sin, but sin shouldn't be so easily for you to do. Because you're growing. You're learning to do things different now. You're learning to honor, to honor God and all that you say and do. Because you remember the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your body, and with all your strength. Are you loving Him? Because that's where it all starts. He begins this work in us. He draws you to Himself. He reveals Himself to you. That's why Paul says, the gospel I preach is not what man has taught me. No, God was pleased to reveal himself to me through his son Jesus. And God is pleased to reveal himself to you through his son Jesus. And when you get a revelation of Jesus, of all that he uh, has, has accomplished, because when he cries out, it is finished, it's finished. He's won. <laughs> he is, has the victory. Sin and death are no longer to be your masters. You're not to fall enslaved to sin any longer. No, you're a slave to righteousness now. And not of your own, but of Christ. That's why it's vital, you all, that you're being discipled. That you're growing in the word. You're growing in the newness of life. We're going through the Bible. And my hope is as we're going through these scriptures is that we're getting an understanding of who our God is. And we talk about it a lot here, but I want to keep reminding us we're living in a day and age where it's just growing even more godless. And we're told in the Bible those are how the days are going to get even worse before his return. But yet we're not just so to get so consumed by the, the, the darkness and overwhelmed by it because, no, we have the truth. We're to be the light. We're to shine the truth. We're to love others. We're to serve others. We're to think of others better than ourselves. We're to be the church. The gates of hell cannot prevail. Darkness cannot extinguish light. How are you encouraging yourself in your faith daily? Do you talk more about your circumstances? Do you talk more about your sin than you do your God? Do we make our sin, do we make our circumstances, do we make our problems greater than our God? Because we ought not to. Because nothing is greater than our God. To worship Him, to adore Him, to know Him, to seek Him. I love him when the word reminds us if we seek him, we will find him if we seek him with our whole heart. 
And I've been praying for us. God, revive our hearts. God, give us a desire to know you intimately. To get up from where we've been and to get going to where you're calling us. To be laborers in the harvest fields. To be effective laborers. To be about our Father's business. To know that this temporal world is not our home. That we have a home that we're heading to. Eternity with God, you all. In his kingdom. But we don't have to wait till we get there. No, we can live out his kingdom principles here and now. Believing that God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that we're to be living as children of light now. Children of love. So as we open up scripture and we're going through, we see God's plan being unfolded before us. Like you can go from Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. You can see God's purpose and plan is to have a people that he will call his own. And in return, they will call him their God. <laughs> Ultimately, even before the foundations of the world, the cross was already purposed. Like when Adam and Eve sinned, it didn't surprise God. It wasn't a second thought of, now what do we do? No, the cross was already purposed. And so as we're going through these scriptures, as we're seeing God's people, the, the nation of Israel being formed, People that he, that he selected himself to set aside for himself to bring through the Messiah, Jesus. And then to see the scriptures as we open the New Testament and then see Jesus, the one that was promised in the garden. When God told the serpent, there will come one who's going to crush your head. Like Jesus, you all. Like in him, the fullness of life. Do you give thought to that daily? The fullness of life. Are your choices and your decisions and your thoughts based on the fullness of who Christ is? Because they ought to be. To keep going the way that we have gone. To keep doing the things that we've done. To keep allowing life just to beat us down. Does it make sense when we know the author of life? Oh, how we can rejoice in Christ, even in the midst of our sufferings, even in the midst of uncertainty. I've been thinking upon the scripture, you know, when Paul writes and he says, I learned to be content. Rather, I'm rich or poor. Rather, I'm free or enslaved. I've learned to be content. How are we doing with that in ourselves? To learn to be content, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through. It's all in Christ. That's where you find your peace. Sometimes I think we have the wrong image of who he is. And we try to make him a God that we want him to be. We don't know him. So I want to challenge us as we're going through scriptures. Do you know Jesus? But even now, as we're studying through the New Testament, his disciples didn't even really get it yet. He's telling them, like, this is what's going to happen. This is who I am. And yet they're still unsure. 
because they're looking for a temporal Messiah just to free them from their temporal enslavement to Rome. But God is so much more than a God just to meet our temporal needs. He's God, you all. And we ought to love him as if so. We ought to seek him for who he is. And today as we open up scripture, we're going to head to Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Today we're going to see him as, as one who brings del- deliverance. He's a provider. He's also going to basically introduce himself yet again to us and to his people. So that's why I'm hoping as you open up your word that you're finding encouragement. Know your God. And you've heard me say this before. <laughs> However you know him is how you'll live for him. So if he's not a great God, you're living a life reflecting that not just to yourself but to others oh but if he's a great God to you no matter what you're facing no matter what you must endure you know that he will work all things out for the good because he's God and he takes care of those of his own and we can worship him with this understanding of how good he is. So in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. But again, just to encourage you all, check out your week. Let the Holy Spirit bring conviction where conviction is needed. Like if you're not turning from evil, if you're finding going the ways of evil is easier for you, something's wrong. And evil, again, is not the extreme sins that sometimes we think. (coughs) Evil is just gossiping. Evil is just grumbling and complaining. Evil is backbiting. (laughs) And you don't have to beat yourself up. You just recognize that, God, I even need you more now. You see it in you. Go to him. Run to him. Don't turn from him. Don't beat yourself down. Don't let others beat you down. Recognize it. And what I want to encourage you is I know sometimes it's easier just to consider continuing to see yourself just a sinner. You were once a sinner. That's all you did. That's all you knew. But when you come to Christ, you're a child of God. Again, you will sin. But it's not your lifestyle. You feel the conviction, like, oh, I shouldn't touch it, I shouldn't do that, I shouldn't say that. Like, oh God, I'm sorry. Like, you, you, you grieve over it. You repent of it, you turn from it. You got to deal with it, just like you would deal with the physical illness. You got to deal with the spiritual illness. Give it to Christ. Repent, turn from it. Get up and keep moving forward. Don't go back. Don't be that dog that goes back to its vomit and laps it up. Don't be the pig that gets clean and goes right back to the mud. Stop going back to who you were and start pressing into who you are now. You're a child of God. You've been engrafted. You've been adopted into his kingdom, into his family. So turn from evil and do good. I don't know how. Well, then learn. Seek him. Ask for counsel. Seek for wisdom. 
And in that, search for peace, you all. And work hard to maintain it. That scripture has meant so much to me. And I pray it's been meaning so much to you. Like we're so easy to give up our peace. We're so easily disturbed. And we ought not to be. Like peace, you all. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Peace, I leave you. Peace, I give you. Peace. Stop giving it away. Hold on to it. Maintain it. You're going to be a people of peace now. Of love. We left off when we met a couple weeks ago with Moses being delivered. The baby. He's grown up now. What's the scripture? Um, Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. And he saw how hard they were forced to work. Remember, the Israelites... The Hebrews, they were enslaved. Pharaoh did no longer, did no longer, this new Pharaoh didn't remember Joseph. He was concerned that the Israelites were multiplying. They were becoming a great nation. And so remember, he enslaved them. And the more that he enslaved them, the more they multiplied. Moses was raised in the palace of Pharaoh. He learned the ways of the Egyptians. But all along he knew he was a Hebrew. And so we see here that he's out and about. He's visiting his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Moses, you all. Remember his mother even knew that he was special. Remember that? The scripture said, even his mother knew that he was special. So she hid him for three months before she put him in the basket. See, God purposed Moses for a reason. He was to be his people's deliverer. He foreshadows Christ. Christ, the ultimate deliverer. There was a purpose. So now we see Moses out and about. He kills the Egyptian. The next day he approaches the two Hebrews fighting, and they turn, the one who started the fight turns and says, well, who are you? Are you going to do what you did to the Egyptian? 
And now it's life hits hard. Moses has to face reality. Then Moses was afraid. Thinking everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened. And he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. He fled. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flocks. Moses can't help but be who he was created to be. Deliverer, a helper. Each of us have been gifted. The Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit distributes gifts among believers and the church. Each of you have a purpose. Remember the Bible, we've talked about it before, that God has prepared good works for you to do. Even before... You were born. And so many, so many of us, I myself included, can get so distracted by life and miss out on our purpose. Do you not think that the enemy, the flesh, and this world wants nothing more than to detour what God has purposed for your life? They would love nothing more to destroy you. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life and abundance. This is what he offers us. This is the hope that we have in Christ. That his purpose would be fulfilled. Like his purpose. Like you know how you would live. You know how you would think. You know where you would go. But don't. Because in and of yourself, the flesh only knows how to do one thing, and that's to die. That's why it craves the very things that kills it. Mm. But when you walk by faith and not by sight, when you walk according to the Spirit, habitually you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. And that's why it's important that you mature, that you grow up as a Christian, that you know your God, that your purpose will be fulfilled, that you know your giftings. And you're utilizing them. You're not hiding them. You're not burying them. You're not being insecure with them. No, you're growing in them. You're maturing because it takes each one of us. We're many parts, but we're one body. And Christ is the head. So I love the fact that every time we've seen Moses so far, he's, dis- he's, he's revealing his purpose. A deliverer, a protector. So he waters their flocks. When the girls returned to Rairul, their father, he asked, Why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? their father asked. Why did you leave him there? 
Invite him to come and eat with us. There's something I love about studying and, and understanding the culture of this day and age. And you find it still in, over in the Middle East. They're very hospitable. They bring you in. <laughs> they feed you. You know. There's something missing today in the church. And we were talking about this, I believe, on Friday night. Mm-hmm. We're missing that. Amen. The hospitality. The, the loving and the serving. That's why I'm always challenging y'all. Who are you loving? Who are you serving? Because you ought to be. Your Christian life is not about you. Christ will fulfill what he has called and purposed your life to be. You just move in it. And in that, you recognize that other people are better than you. Mm. Keep yourself low Mm. so that he will be exalted. That's how we're to live. So I love the fact that the Father's like, where is he? (laughs) Bring him in. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. So Moses accepted the invitation, and he settled there with him. In time, Raul gave Moses his his daughter Zipporah to be his wife. Later, she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom. For he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed. You want to highlight something? You want to circle something? Just that little phrase. Years passed past and it reminds us from friday night when we were talking about being patient mm-hmm. for 30 days for 300 days to 3,000 days to however long mm-hmm. like that long suffering being produced within us i've learned so many times now not to ask god to get me out but to keep me in until I learn what I need to learn and grow and mature as I need to grow. Because he's brought this to me. He's allowing me to face it, to bring something out of me. And that's what he does in our lives. As Christians, trials come to produce within us perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And that hope is in Christ. And your hope in Christ will never bring disappointment. Mm. And years ago, we talked and we focused on perseverance. I said, I believe the problem with the church today and the church here, sitting here, and the church at large, Mm. especially in the West, is we're not a persevering people. Mm. Because we're lacking character. We're lacking character. We want God to fix, to do, to fix, to do, to fix, to do, to fix, to do. And God's like, no, I want to build you. I want you to keep reflecting me. Mm. I want you to look more and more like me. Yes. And you keep wanting me to make you look more and more like you. Yeah. And that's not the way of Christ. Mm-mm. Remember, we've already learned the call of a disciple. He says, come follow me. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. This is the way of life. Years passed. Years pass. God didn't forget Moses. God didn't forget Moses. God hasn't forgotten you. Years pass and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued 
to groan under the burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Just as God didn't forget Moses, God did not forget his people. For years they cried out, they groaned under such heavy oppression. And now it's time. I love that scripture there. It was time to act. There's an appointed time for deliverance. There's an appointed time. And there in this covenant, it was a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But in the new covenant, like God remembers his son. <laughs> cross the resurrection like this new covenant with God through Christ Jesus Romans 5 1 says now therefore you're at peace with God through Jesus Christ your Lord like this new covenant Jesus didn't come to do away with the old covenant he came to fulfill it and in Christ we have all that we need feeling oppressed today you're crying out to God you don't see a breakthrough oh it's coming because God has already ordained it through Christ he ordained it for his people here through his promises through Abraham through Isaac through Jacob and God heard and God is now it's time for him to act we can't understand why we have to endure what we have to endure, but we can understand the fact that God is sovereign. Yes. And we can be, you know, we, we can play the angry card at God and, you know, all the things that we do in our flesh. <laughs> but I would suggest you just humble yourself before Him. Yes. And say, God, not my will, but yours. Yes. And whatever I need through this, whatever I need to grow and to mature through this, and so be it. So be it. Still cry out, still groan. <clears throat> still seek, still ask, still knock. Because they're at the point of time is ahead of you. Yes. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good for due time. You will reap a harvest. We're not called to give up. We're called to persevere. Yes. To allow the character to be built within us. And then we fix our eyes on Jesus, our hope. Yes. Yes. Chapter 3. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. The priest of Midian. Apparently he had two names. Because I had to go back as I was studying this. And I was like, well, who's Raul? Because I've never heard of Raul before. I've always heard of Jethro. But we see in chapter 2 that his name there is Raul. Raul. But in your studies, if you go through and you really start working the scriptures and opening up commentaries and studying it through, you would see it's the same person, but we're going to know him as Jethro from here on. <clears throat> so he's the priest of Midian. 
he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Wow. Wow. God revealing himself to Moses. And as he's revealing himself to Moses, he's bringing forth his covenant promises to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. <clears throat> I am the God of covenant. I am a God of relationship. I am a God who honors my word. I am a God who will bring about what I have purposed. Wow. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt and their own fertile, I'm sorry, and into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where all the ites live. <laughs> Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. See, God's plan, God's purpose but God has chose Moses to bring it about. God's plan and God's purpose. He's prepared good works for you to do. You must do them. You must obey. You must go and be about your father's business. Each and every single day, serving others, loving others. God hears, God sees you all. Are you getting this? Yeah. He sees where you're at. He hears your cries. He knows what's, what's disturbing you. Mm -hmm. He knows what's oppressing you. Yes. He has not for, for so, forsaken you. Mm. But he knows. Yes. And now is the time. And in your situation, the time is coming. We want it now, God. God says, but you're not ready for it now. Yeah. You're not ready for it now. You're not ready for it now. If he gave it to us, we'll probably squander it. Mm. We'll probably mess it up with our own 
ideals and flesh and everything else. God says, no, I need you to grow up. You know, honor the little I've given you. And then I'll bless you. Increase it. If you can't uh, be faithful for the little that I've given you now, because you grumble about it every day, Mm. what are you going to do if I increase it to even more? If you can't trust me and and see me for who I am now, you're going to get lost with the ways of this world if I give you everything that I've purposed for you now. See, God is sovereign. We have to trust him. God, why would you allow your people to go through this all these years? God knows what he's doing. Mm. You may question him, but you may not get the answer. You may never get the answer. Mm. Doesn't make sense. I mean, he even tells them, like, I'm going to enslave your people. (laughs) You know, and then as we go through the Old Testament, we're going to see he even tells the prophets, go tell them this. But they're not going to listen. Mm. Like, this is what they're going to have to endure. And it doesn't make sense. Mm. But he's God. Mm. He's bringing about his purpose, his plan, and his timing. And this is the God in whom, if you're sitting here today and you're calling yourself a Christian, you've put your hope in. Because of Christ Jesus. Mm. (coughs) Because of Christ. And Jesus himself suffered Mm. and Jesus himself said if they hated me they're going to hate you Jesus himself makes it known that his kingdom is not of this world so we need to get our eyes off the temporalness of this life and get them focused and fixed upon the author of life Mm. the giver of life Mm. the one who has called you out and adopted you in as his own This is the God who hears and sees and responds. And now he tells Moses, go. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses (laughs) protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. In your questioning of God, I love that we can find comfort in the answers that he is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Even in our own insecurities of our calling. God says, I'm with you. I'll bring it about. I'm doing it in and through you. Rely on me, not on yourself. Moses is only remembering himself here Mm. his past Mm. and we see this his insecurities who am I and then God goes on and says and this is your sign I am the one who has sent you when you have been brought to the people I'm sorry when you have brought the people out of Egypt you will worship God at this very mountain but Moses protested If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, come on, I am who I am. Yes. Moses says, who do I tell them sent me? 
tell them, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name. My name to remember for all generations. Yahweh, Lord. The great I am. Whatever is needed, I am. I am. These people were suffering. These people were oppressed. These people were slaves. And God has said, I'm sending you, and you tell them, I am who I am. Yahweh, Lord, he has sent me. And as it was then, so it is today. We go forth declaring the gospel of Jesus. I am Yahweh. We go not on our own accord of our own, you know, Strength in our own strength. The message that we have is not ours. It's his. It's like what I said earlier. Paul says the gospel I preach is not what man has taught me. No, God was pleased to reveal himself to me through his son Jesus. People want to question you and who do you think you are? You're a servant of Christ. If you're a Christian... The Bible calls us ministers of reconciliation. Just pointing people to Jesus. So I said to you a few weeks ago, when we were sitting up here and talking, the few of us that were here, I said, let us not forget. All we have is Jesus. That's all we have to share with people. Jesus. Love on them. Serve them. But share Jesus. Point them to Jesus. Don't make it about religious works and religious law and all this junk that just oppresses people. Give them Jesus. Have you shared the hope and the freedom with others this week that you have found in Christ? You ought to be. You ought to be. I don't care what people have said about you. I don't care what people throw up in your face or what you keep reminding yourself of. That's who you were once. But you are a new creation. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are a new creation. You've been born again. Now go forth and go and declare the good news of Jesus, you all. God tells Moses, go. And when they question you, tell them, I am who I am. Yahweh, Lord. Wow. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Verse 16. Tell them the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me. He told me I had been watching closely. I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the ites now live. (laughs) All these other nations. 
So the elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell them, tell him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to, to the Lord our God. And listen to what God says here. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. Wow. God is sovereign. He knows all. He sees all. Again, there's a lot of things that just don't make sense to us. But that's where we have to just walk by faith. We have to trust the fact that he is God. Like in our own hearts and minds, we would want it to work differently in our situation. Well, God, if you just do this and this, it would be easy for you just to do that. And why haven't you just done this? And God says, I'm working it out. I mean, all the way down to the fact that he says to them, Pharaoh is not going to let you go. He says, I know the king of Egypt will not let you go. Again, God knows the heart. God knows the heart of those who belong to him and those who don't. Remember, we talked about it before. Jesus had a multitude of followers. Thousands upon thousands of people following him. Moved by his miracles, moved by his teachings. And then when he started talking and getting down to the very essence of who he is Mm. and why he came, you have to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Mm -hmm. He started teaching these spiritual principles. Mm. And the people began to murmur among themselves and say, this is just too hard of a teaching. We don't understand what he's saying. Mm. And they turned and they left. And Jesus stood and watched them. He knew their heart. And then he looked at the 12. And he says, are you going too? Mm -hmm. And remember they answered, where can we go? You hold the words to eternal life. God knows the heart. Those who belong to him and those who don't. And he personally knew the heart of Pharaoh. He will not let you go. He'll need a mighty hand raised against him. <laughs> so I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. Mm-hmm. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their homes. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Wow. From one woman being a slave to the next being promoted. All because of God. Yes. 
the Egyptians, these people who were enslaving God's people are now going to look favorably among them and begin to give them what they asked for. Pharaoh will let them go. But we end here in Exodus today. And I want you to reflect on this as you go through this week. There's an appointed time for breakthrough. It's an appointed time. But until that time, remain humble. Cry out to God. Ask, seek, knock. Let him produce and mature you and grow you for what's lacking in you. He knows. So let him be God. Come to him with all your woundings and your brokenness and everything else and say, here's my life. I'm willingly laying it down because of what Christ has done for me. Like in Him, I have all that I need. In Him, in Christ, I am whole. I am complete. That's why we're reminded continually in the New Testament our position is in Christ. Christ. In Christ. We've got to grow up in this we got to leave the elementary foundations of, a, of the Christian walk and begin to mature and to begin to grow yes. in Christ. Yes. Let's go to Matthew 17. And we're just going to read verses 10 through 27. We're walking through the Bible, hitting some of the Old Testament, New Testament, the book of Psalms, and then Proverbs when we gather. So Matthew 17 is where we're at in the New Testament. Verse 10 through 27. Then his disciples asked him, Why do teachers of of the religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. But he wasn't recognized. And those chose to abuse him. And in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, I love this position of humility. He knelt before Jesus. Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out the demon? You don't have faith enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here and to there, and it would be moved. Nothing would be impossible. 
In some manuscripts, there's a verse 21 where it reads, but this kind of demon won't leave except by through prayer and fasting. Spiritual disciplines, you all, that we should be growing in. Prayer, fasting. It's vital for our growth. It humbles us even more. And it strengthens us for the calling that God has given us. That our faith would increase. That we would be able to fulfill what God has called us to in this generation while there's breath still within our bodies. Jesus is equipping and preparing his disciples for what's to come. For what's to come. They weren't able to bring about this deliverance because they weren't ready. They weren't ready. We see after the resurrection, we see after the ascension of Christ, we see after the the birth of the church when the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples, Mm -hmm. they were empowered now. Oh, there was no more questioning of who Jesus was. Everything then that was revealed to them at this point now is actual facts that they grasp and they say, we see now. And so they went. And they impacted the world. The church was birthed. And we are still impacting the world until his return. So we grow up. We, we mature. We, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. We lay hands on the sick. We pray for deliverance. We go forth declaring the good news of Jesus. Making him known. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. Mm. Jesus knew exactly where his disciples were and he's teaching them. He knows exactly where you are and he's teaching you. (laughs) Come, come. Remember, I love this picture. We talked about it before. Like the Jewish rabbis. Yes. Like when the Jewish rabbis call their disciples. Listen, that's a privilege. <laughs> it's not taken lightly. Like, okay, and they kind of just slum behind the rabbi. No, they, you stand up. Like if Yilda's the rabbi, and she's called me as her follower. Hey, come here, come here. You're on this side, you're on this side. She's the rabbi, she's called us. And we know that we don't take that calling lightly. We want to listen to every word she says because she's teaching us. So come as close as you can get to her and walk, Gilda. We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. Thank you. Because they wanted to hear 
everything out of this rabbi's mouth. Everything out of this rabbi's mouth. They wanted to hear so that they will learn. And so it is with Christ. So it is with our, our King, our Lord. So it is with Him that we walk closely with Him. Not missing a word. Getting as close as we can and stand and step with Him. That's how we ought to be living our lives. That's how we ought to be living our lives. Because this is the God who has called us. This is the greatest rabbi of all. And I told you that one parable before about the Jewish rabbi. The young guy comes to him and says, I want to know more about God. And so the rabbi took him by the neck and dunked him in the water and held him in the water until the boy was fighting with everything he had in him to get up out of the water. And finally, when the rabbi lifted him up out of the water, he looked at the boy and he said to him, what was your first thing on your mind? The boy responds, I just wanted breath. Yes. And then the rabbi let him go and says, come back when it's God. What are you struggling against today? Mm. Is your first thought God? Because it ought to be. Yeah. Oh, but I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that, I need this, and I need that. And I get that. Because I've been in those places myself. I'm just coming out of those places. Mm. I've been fighting for months just to feel good. Yes. Fighting for breath just to breathe. Crying out to God. Missing out on life. Hmm. Just laid up in bed. Yeah. God. Yeah. When I was out at the beach, I was just crying out to God. I said, God, my hope is in you. Mm. As long as there's breath in my body, God. Mm. I just want to fulfill the call. I just want to feel good. And he's reminded me that he's always been with me. Yes. Even years ago, hmm. when I was battling sickness and I was told there was something wrong with my heart, and I go to a heart doctor. And I don't know how many of y'all remember this or have, have ever heard me talk about it. But there's definitely something wrong with my heart. So I go in, and then as where Gilda was in the room with me, and as I was talking and sharing with the doctor and everything, all of a sudden he puts his head down, remember? In the middle of me talking, he puts his head down. And I'm like, and then it hit me. I said, in my head, like, this guy's praying. This guy doesn't know me. I never met him. In fact, he wasn't the doctor I was supposed to see. In fact, the doctor I was supposed to see that day wasn't able to see me. So I think we were actually turning to go out the door when the receptionist was like, oh, wait a minute. This doctor's able to see you. 
So now this doctor that I was not scheduled to see is now putting his head down praying. And then he looks up at me. And basically he says, there's nothing physically wrong with your heart. It's spiritually. He knew nothing what I was going through. He didn't know what a deep valley I was in. I hadn't shared anything with anybody. And all of a sudden, he's revealing all the junk and the sin and the rebellious and the hurt and the wounds and the anxiousness and everything that has been locked up in here. This man that I don't even know is saying everything to me about me. I'll run the test on you. But there's nothing wrong with your heart. Hmm. And then when we went back for the results, he said, if there was ever a picture, I'm paraphrasing it now, grace, or a definition of grace, if you opened up, your picture would be there. Hmm. Because of God's grace upon your life. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with your heart. But I'm going to write out a prescription for you. He took out his prescription pad and he started writing. And when he handed it to me, it was seven or eight scriptures. He said, here, read these every morning. Wow. It broke me. Mm. God. No one else around me. God knew that what was going on inside me. Yes. And I go, wow. Yes. And it was just like the other day. <coughs> a couple years ago, I used to do acupuncture therapy, and I started feeling better. And I was like, God, maybe I should just try it again. But God, I don't want to go to to all the new agey and all the all the you know this. The one guy I was seeing was an ex Saint Maria priest and. I didn't want to be involved in anything. I just wanted to say, God, just have your way. If I'm to go back through this type of therapy, then just, God, lead me to someone. God, I would just be able to do what's needed. And then all of a sudden, I go to this acupuncturist that I found online. Hmm. Know nothing of this man. He was just close by. He does this form of acupuncture that I've been through before called Japanese um, acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And so I go in Friday, I think it was. Yeah. And I'm sitting, having my consult- consultation with him. He's just going through it with me, listening to everything. He's like, oh, you're, you know, you're a very sick man. He says, um, there's a lot of stress. You, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in your life. And he says, your energy is blocked up. Like, there's, like you're, you're not well. But I believe that this, these, this, 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 these appointments with me will, will help you. So anyways, while I'm laying there and he begins, he's, he's telling me, so what do you do? He goes, how many days a week do you work? I said, well, I basically work seven days a week, five days in the office. And they, at night, I counsel, I teach on Sundays. And he's like, well, what do, you, what do you mean you teach? And he's a Korean man. He's either Korean or Chinese. Um, so I said, well, I teach about Jesus. And all of a sudden, his face Got this huge smile on. And he was like, I'm a follower of Jesus. Because you you know why my practice is called Fire Cloud? And I'm like, Fire? I said, no. He says, because of God's promise to his people. 
that he led them through the day by the cloud and at night by the fire. And that's what God is doing here for you. Yes. And he begins this treatment. And as I'm laying there, I got a huge smile on my face. And I was just like, God. Yes. God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And then yet again, it reminded me of his faithfulness, you all. Yes. And this is the first days in three months that I feel good. Jesus. Not because of the acupuncturist, not because of anything else, but all because of God. Yes. He leads. He has the appointed time for us. Mm. And I've learned that no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, like I told you before, like God just is keep me in it until I learn what I need to learn. And God has spoken through these past couple of months into me and reminding me of the call, but not just my calling, but our calling to encourage us to be revived, to, to renew our hope in him, to seek him, to, 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 to bless others and to serve others and to love others and not be defined by our circumstances but allow them to be utilized to bring glory and honor to God. Yes. To God. I was kidding yesterday with Carrie and Gilda, but it meant a lot to me because I've had to have some dental work done. Mm. And I usually don't have problems with the dentist. But for whatever reason, I think it's when they did that one root canal and they put that clamp on my face. And it triggered such anxiety and a panic attack like I never had before in my life. And trying to pull that thing off of my face. And they're grabbing me, trying to hold me down. And, you know, it's just been hell every time I've had to go into this office. Not because of the dentist, but just because of my mindset. Being so overwhelmed and with anxiety and panic. And yet I received this handwritten card yesterday from my dentist. Hmm. <laughs> and I tear up just thinking about it because I think, wow. Hmm. That she took time to write out a card to me. Yeah. Basically saying, I thank you for being so open about your anxiety. Yeah. Like it is an honor to, to basically serve you and to treat you. And you have been so gracious and kind to my staff. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to care for you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they know I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't like, I'm not a big card person. Like, you give me a card, oh, that's cute, and then it's in the trash. But this card, I know, so give me a card. Like, this card, like, I think I'm going to keep it for, like, it just meant so much to me. Of going through what I've gone through and yet, you know, feeling like, oh, God, these people must think I'm a nut every time I go in here, you know. Because I was just in there the other day. <laughs> and, but yet I go, God, mm. like, all to your glory, God. Yes. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be, you know, affect them. I want to be able to be gracious and kind to them, even though I'm going through oh, yes. hell in my mind. Uh -huh. 
You know, and you and you all know you've heard me talk about it before if you've been around long here. Years ago, I I suffered for many years with extreme panic and mm. torment. Mm. Sure. So when I think of when I'm laying there and they're working on me, I'm thinking what they must be going through with every shake and every grabbing of their hand. I think that poor woman who, whose arm that I I snatch and I go oh, you know and you know and it's really rough and yet they're the most kindest person. I was telling. Them yesterday, I love it when my dentist come in and she just places her hand, like from behind, just sits it there, and it brings such. Oh. Yes. Like, You're okay, Mr. Farrell. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. and after everything, every time I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry because, you know, but yet they're so gracious. Wow. He's around. Why are you sharing all this? Because I just want to encourage you. Yes. Like God's got you. And so it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter what you're facing. God's got you. Let others still see God within you. Even though you're going through whatever. Because I don't want to be nasty to them. I'm not trying to, but I'm just real. And, and that's something I've shared with you. To be transparent. Like true freedom comes from true transparency. First before God and then before man. It's nothing to hide. We don't have to feel bad for what we're going through. Right. Oh, that doesn't mean you're spiritual. No, don't, don't know. No. Like, just share, open up. Yes. Give it to God and give it to others. Yes. Now, use discernment on who you're giving it to because people will trample you. Hello. <laughs> so don't, don't get shocked when, when people take your pearls that you're throwing out and they just trample all over you. Because yes. they're broken people. Mm-hmm. Broken people only know how to break people. <laughs> So careful who you're sharing with. That's why you want to surround yourself with a community of people who encourage, who edify, and build up, yes. who uphold truth. Because yes. it's the truth that sets you free. Come on. And Jesus here is telling his disciples, you don't have enough faith. Yes. Like this type of deliverance is only going to come through prayer and fasting. These spiritual disciplines that as believers we have to mature in. And so after this, we're going to go to verse 27. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples were filled with grief. They're still not getting it. On their arrival to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, I love this. We don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw, a li- throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. Wow. And you say, why do you, why, why do you get excited about that? Because <laughs> Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he didn't say, no, we're not paying any taxes. We're not, we're not doing man's ways. Mm-hmm. 
No, we're going to f- do it in a way that will not offend them. Mm. Now go. I'm going to provide for you. Follow these steps. Yes. And provision will be given. Yes. So that they will not be offended. So many times we're wrestling and we're fighting against things and, and laws and everything else mm-hmm. that just you all just follow them. Yes. Respect your authorities. Yes. Pray for those who are over you. Yes. Honor the laws of the land. again we're the people of God we recognize that this kingdom is this this world is not our home like we're just passing through and while you're passing through do what's right mm. honor God yes. and honor the authorities that have been placed over you yes. because he's sovereign mm. and I love this lesson that Jesus gives here I love the fact, too, that he says, the citizens are free. <laughs> but let's not offend. Hmm. Go, and when you find the coin, pay it. Not only for me, but for you, too. Hmm. Provision, you all. That God will be honored and glorified. Hmm. Go to Psalm 22. We're wrapping up. Verses 1 through 8. This is an amazing psalm. King David wrote it. (laughs) And as you hear it, if you know anything of Christ and his suffering on the cross, you're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) This sounds like Jesus' words. It's a prophetic psalm, if you would, for, for followers of Christ. The Jewish people do not see it as a prophetic psalm for a Messiah. Mm. But as Christians, we recognize it. That David, though he was pinning about himself Mm. and what he was enduring, Mm. the hardship, uh, the the attacks upon him. And we're not reading the whole psalm today. We're only going to verse 18. But the last 10 verses of the psalm, or it is a response to how God has responded to his cries for help. Hmm. This is how what's being done to me. Hmm. But again, as believers, because we know Christ, hmm. we're going to see that these words, some of them are the very words that Christ himself said from the cross, and some of the actions that are being penned here are actions that were done to Jesus. So we can see it as prophetic. Hmm. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Hmm. Hmm. Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Hmm. Yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. 
But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like lions, they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the root of my mouth. You have laid in, I'm sorry, you have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. I love as you're reading through these words that were penned by King David. Mm. Yet though prophetic as we can see as they, as they point to Christ. Yes. But I love the fact that as he was enduring and as he was writing, you see such agony. But in the midst of his uh, the moments of, of such pain, mm. do you see what he's doing? Mm. He recalls the goodness of God. Yes. He remembers Yet though all this stuff is happening, God, you will not neglect me. Yes. For I know who you are. Yes. I know what you've done. Mm. Can you say that for yourselves today, you all? That no matter what you're facing in life or what you will face in the days to come, that even in the midst of your agony and of your pain and of your circumstances, can you still look upon him and see him as God? Mm. Y'all too. Let's close in Proverbs chapter 5. <clears throat> Proverbs 5, verse 7 through 14 is where we're wrapping up today. We started off in this Proverbs, and it's, it's it basically this proverb is giving, you know, wisdom and encouraging men to stay away from the immoral woman. And yet, though, as the last time we were together, I was encouraging in you as well, encouraging you as well, is to see to stay away from those who would lead you from the things of God. Yes. The filth of this world, especially sexual perversion which is so running rampant in our culture today. Be careful. So many times we're, we're getting seduced and we're laughing along with them. Careful of the immoral woman. Careful of perversion. <coughs> May look right. Oh, really, what's wrong with it? Oh, there's a lot of wrong with it. 
careful, just because the culture is embracing it, careful that we as the church, you as a Christian, aren't embracing it, that you see it for what it is. It is destructive. Yes. It is destructive. You are to be a holy people, set apart, yes. not a people who just laugh along with it. Yes. You know? But a people who recognize for what it is. It's destructive. Verse 7, so now my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to stay. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor. And you will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth. And someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You will say, how I hated discipline. If I had only, if only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of an utter ruin. And now I face public disgrace. He's writing here uh, the outcome of one who goes in and gives himself to the immoral woman. Mm. Such tragedy at the end. He recognizes it as he's basically losing his life. Mm. If I would have only paid attention. If I would have only paid attention. He says here, how I hated discipline. Mm. I ignored the warnings. I didn't listen to my teachers. God help us. God help us. God help us to have ears to hear. To not just be doers. I mean, not just be hearers of the word, but be doers. That you're heeding the call. You're you're, you're following after him. You're, You're allowing wisdom to lead you. That you're honoring God. Because nothing good is going to come from going your way or getting wrapped up with the filth of this world. No matter how you want to justify it, it will always bring destruction. And at the end, you're going to be crying out just like this person cries out, I should have listened. I should have listened. I should have heeded the wisdom you don't, I mean, I don't know if you all counsel people, all encourage people, but sometimes it can be really discouraging. You know, constantly pouring out to people, pouring out to people, pouring out to people, and they just keep going right towards destruction. And you just kind of go, oh, God. Mm. Yeah. There's always that call, or can I sit down with you, Rob? And, you know, I'm like, oh, if I only would have listened. <laughs> There's still hope, you all. Yes. So even if you're sitting here today and you haven't listened to wisdom, you haven't listened to godly counsel, you're still going your way, stop. <laughs> Turn from your sin. Yes. Repent yes. and follow Christ. Be healed. Be healed. He is such a great deliverer. He is our provider. 
He is our comforter. He is our God. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm going to close with this last song, and then I'll close this in prayer. Miracles unfolding at the mention of the name. 